Hey guys, it's Dana, your podcast editor. And if you missed last week's announcement, drum roll, please. RevWell TV is now free. If you love these revving the words, RevWell TV is the perfect addition to your fitness routine. It's our online library of hundreds of on-demand faith-based workouts for all ability levels. And all of it will point you back to the heart of God. Our new website upgrade has made RevWell TV even more user-friendly. This is only possible because of our donors. So thank you. Thank you so much to each and every one of you that have partnered with us and have joined us on our mission to love God, get healthy, be whole, and love others. Go to the show notes today and sign up for our absolutely free RevWell TV account today. And now let's get ready for another Revving the Word. Elisa is back and we are still digging into 1 Corinthians. So lace up your shoes, go for a walk, get on a bike, whatever it is, and get ready for another amazing week with Elisa and Revving the Word. Thank you again. Be blessed. Peace. Getting the playlist going in three, two, one, play. Okay, I'm so excited today. I think today is the first day that I can officially tell you that for free, you can have RevWell TV now for free. Why, you ask? Because we want to spread the gospel. That's all. That's our job here. You've showed up today to move your body in these podcasts and spread the gospel all over you. Get it in you so it moves out of you. And now, go on over. Go to the website. Swipe up. You and I can work out move our bodies, teachings, stillness, meditation, recovery, restorative work. We can do it together on your phone, your iPad. So I'll get to see you. Well, you'll see me and I see you. So head on over. If you are a podcast user, get on over there. This is exciting, you guys. My, I have a permagrin taking territory, spreading the light and the hope of Christ, doing what Paul tells us to do in 1 Corinthians, preach the gospel. Just stop making things about all the other things or the people. Preach the gospel. You want to be well? Preach the gospel. Remind yourself that you were once walking in darkness and now you have light. You were once separated from love, the source of pure love, but now you have been brought in. You have been transformed and are being transformed. This is good news. So thank you to our donors. Donors, you've made this possible. We can, the territory we now get to think, thank you. And if you're not a partner with us and you're being blessed here, don't hoard freedom. Give any amount you can. Come on, go today. I don't care if you give me $3 a month. I don't care. Are you using these? Because it's not Elisa setting you free. It is Christ. (laughs) 
And if you only knew the amount of sacrifice that goes in to do this for you guys, come on. I don't want you to give out of compulsion. I want you to give out of joy. It's your get to. So God, come on into this time as we continue to work through your word of 1 Corinthians. Help us today in the skin we are in, in the world around us. Help us become more like you. According to your word, God, let it be done. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so on a scale of one to 10, get yourself up to a nice working seven. And let you settle in here for a bit. We'll have a little bit of pushes today. Invitations to give a little more. All right, today, 1 Corinthians 8. I'm going to read all 13. It's just 13 verses. We've been going through the book of Corinthians. Go back and listen to 1 Corinthians 1. What, eight episodes ago? Eight revving the words ago because we're doing a chapter a week. Yes, we are. Just breaking new territory. First time ever. Entire book of a Bible for revving the word. And like I said, this is an important book. Same thing they're going through in Corinthians. We're going through now in the church. A lot of division, a lot of controversy. Should we do this? Should we do that? People are confused about their roles. Seriously. So Paul has to roll in and tell everyone, remind them first, preach the gospel, be a disciple, and don't part and parcel yourself. So here we go. 1 Corinthians 8. <laughs> we just got done context talking about the role of marriage, but really the bigger the thing we highlighted on, Holy Spirit wanted me to rest upon you, is that you come to Christ, don't try to clean yourself up, don't try to make things better in your own strength. Don't think changing your role is going to make you more holy, right? So now, just stay in the position to which you were called, basically, is what Paul's saying. Stay humble. Don't be puffed up. That's the one thing over and over. Paul's getting after pride in the church of Corinth. Shoot. Hello today. All right, here we go. Verse one. Now, concerning foods offered to idols, we know that all of us possess knowledge. This knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. If anyone imagines that he knows something, he does not yet know as he ought to know. But if anyone loves God, he is known by God. Therefore, as to the eating of food offered to idols, we know that an idol has no real existence, and that there is no God but one. For although there may be so-called gods in heaven or on earth, as indeed there are many gods and many lords, yet for us 
there is one God, the Father, from whom are all things and for whom we exist, and one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom are all things and through whom we exist. Verse 7, however, not all possess this knowledge, but some through former association with idols eat food as really offered to an idol, and their conscience, being weak, is defiled. Everyone, accelerate, focus, hear God talking to you. Food will not commend us to God. We are no worse off if we do not eat, nor better off if we do. But take care that this right of yours does not somehow become a stumbling block to the weak. Pull back. Verse 10. For if anyone sees you who have knowledge eating in an idol's temple, will he not be encouraged? If his conscience is weak to eat food offered to idols? And so, by your knowledge, this weak person is destroyed, the brother from whom Christ died. Thus, sinning against your brothers, wounding their conscience when it is weak, you sin against Christ. Therefore, Final verse, therefore, if food makes my brother stumble, I will never eat meat, lest I make my brother stumble. This is the word of the Lord. Get ready to accelerate. You'll hear it. Come on, off with pride, go. Come on. I always think of pride like shed the skin. Remember we said we would rather be a lump in the house of the Lord than leavened bread. Leaven is pride, it's the yeast. It puffs up. Three, two, ease into your pace whatever feels joyful to you, right? When I ask you to push, it might not be what you wanna do, but are you willing to do it? If you're not willing, don't do it. Don't fool yourself or me. No pride. All right, so let's give you a little context here. First of all, what's going on with the meat, Elisa? Well, in ancient times, remember, Paul's talking about to those who are weak, those basically who are new to Christ. They have been coming out of the idols, the temples that worship idols, and they're now worshiping King Jesus, the beautiful King Jesus. So they're believing in God. But remember, this is new for them. They're still trying to figure out this new life, putting on a new self. So Paul's saying, be aware of the weaker among you. 
Can we just say that for a second? Be aware of the weak among you. Now, some of us see what our pride does is say, well, hey, it's been like nine years and they're still weak. They're still babies, right? Okay, that could be true. For example, my parents, they never grew up in Christ. They received him, but they stayed on the milk of other people's teachings. They never got into a Bible study dug in for themselves. They never met face to face. God, show me me. Transform me. That's what I'm asking you to do here. You guys are not passive. You're not spectators. You're on the team. You're on the varsity team working out this death to self, alive to Christ. But now remember, there are the weaker among you. And some of them are weak because they're brand new. Their sea legs aren't underneath them. And some, can I just say mercy? From what I know of the brain and trauma, stress, chronic stress, it literally, it stunts the brain. And we wonder why we're stuck in habitual patterns of addiction or self-criticism. Their brains, everyone as I say, assume everyone's doing the best they can. And then come alongside people. This is why I give them this podcast. Y'all, there are things that we can do in the spirit when we move the body, when we get the blood flow up. There are strongholds we can push past that sitting on a couch in the AC sometimes will not do. And listen, it all matters. It's all good. For everything God created is good. Therapy, good. Movement, good. Journals, write it down, good. Breathing, good. Eating well, good. Come on. Good, good, yes, good. On a scale of one to 10, I want you to be an eight. Try to hold for this entire four minutes or so your best effort that isn't bullying yourself. But you gotta be aware of your body. Am I, am I lifted up? Am I breathing through my nose? Come on, I want four minutes focused movement. Best movement that you can hold. All right, so there were these pagan temples in Corinth, in all ancient cities, pagan temples, right? There were many gods, but they were like statues. They didn't, they weren't like our gods, like I've said last week. Now we have the God of, of resources. That is the definition of pride, putting faith in oneself or resources. And we got a lot of them now. In ancient times, they didn't have smartphones, Instagram, Google, right? There was a lot more space. And so they made things with their hands to worship. And they'd go into these temples. They're called the pagan temples. Now, here's what would happen. In the pagan temples, meat was offered to the, on the altars. 
right? It's a sacrifice. You would give something. Now this mirror is a little bit of ours. In God's temple, people would come and make a sacrifice. They'd buy a pigeon, the poor, those who couldn't afford much. It was a representation of sin is costly. For us, that's God's view of sacrifice. And in the pagan temples, the gods always want more than you can ever give. So the people worshiping these false gods would bring meat to the altar and it would divide it into three portions. One portion was burnt in honor of the God. So it could be the, the God of sun, moon, fertility, whatever it is, if, you need, if your crops were going bad, you might go to the, the God that would be part of rain or crop care. I don't know all the names of the gods. You can look it up, but there were many. If you needed a God, you could make one with your hands. Before you know it, people would worship it. Come on, we do this now. So one portion of the meat would be sacrificed on the altar. Another person, person was born, sorry. One portion, portion was given to the worshiper to take home. That's interesting. We don't do that in the, God never told us to take anything home, but they would, they would say, take some home. And then a third of the meat was given to the priest which we do see that in temple worship for God, Yahweh, that the priests could eat the meat. They lived off the temple. But in the pagan temples, if the priest didn't want to eat his portion, listen to this, he sold it at the temple restaurant or meat market. They had these places, they were making money off the people making my right and that's what man idolatry will cost you more than you ever wanted to pay it is looking to squeeze you out of every dime every bit of energy resource or time so nothing was wasted in the pagan temple everyone was going to pay so there were these meat markets literally and now someone who was new to christ coming out of the pagan temple, they would be triggered if they saw a Christian like Paul or Timothy, Matthew, any of the disciples, someone of the church who one day is giving a sermon and the next day they're in the meat market eating because these are people who just came out of that pagan temple and they're like confused so uh, it's okay now they think that meat has been offered to a god and that god could still have power over them their their conscience is still seared their conscience is weak it needs time to build up so listen bottom line here's what paul's saying can we eat this meat yeah because it hasn't been offered there is no God. It doesn't, it, you offer it to a God that doesn't exist, but it might hurt those who have been hurt. Accelerate. Whatever we're doing, might it hurt those 
who have been hurt. By the way, the meat served and sold at the temple was generally cheaper. So, and Christians would, could even go there and get a deal. <laughs> you get it? It's pretty benign. But if you were coming out of pagan worship, it could be confusing. And their conscience being weak could be defiled. Accelerate. Go back. Now, Paul is giving context to this sentence that we're going to hang on today. Knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. Say that with me. Knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. Make it personal. My knowledge puffs me up, but my love builds up make it God's. The knowledge of God can puff us up, but the love of God builds us up, accelerate. Good, bring it back into a comfortable work zone for you. Knowledge puffs up. This is religious people. Come on, who needs to repent? Everyone, without repentance, I will be prideful. I will think I know the way, that I know the truth, and that I have life. I don't, but I know the one who does. And in his scripture, he tells me, consider the weak better than yourself. Consider them before yourself. Now what happens here is this starts to squish on the liberties that we have in Christ, right? Because we, those like me who love freedom, go, wait, am I my brother's keeper? Can't I just be free? What happened to the freedom? I've been in bondage so long, I just want to be free. And Paul will say, yes, be free. But be sure your freedom isn't trapping someone in captivity. Be, be aware. Now listen, everyone. We're, scripture tells us to be perfect like our Father's perfect. And it doesn't mean make no mistakes. It means keep seeking His love. The supreme knowledge of God's love. His, the knowledge of Him comes in the wake of His love. 
knowledge of God. It's the gift that's in his train behind him who is love. Love. If anyone loves God, he is known by God. Come on. Do you love God? Then you know God. God knows you. If anyone loves God, he is known by God. This means it's possible to know God and not be known by him because it's not the knowledge of God that makes me known by God, but the love for God. My love for God makes me known by God. My love for God takes me to the point like Paul where I can say, if this thing causes my weaker brother to stumble, I will never eat meat. See how this Paul? He doesn't say I will never eat meat in the pagan's temple. <laughs> he ups it. Breathe. Pride off of you. Shame off of you. Higher. Think higher. Holy Spirit. Get us in line with love. For we are known by God. Accelerate. Come on. Come on. Head up. Knowledge puffs up. But love builds up. Love. Love. All right, well done. Give one more working song. Do what you want with it. Now let's, let's turn the tables a bit because we're 10. Remember, we're we are prone to division. Remember that. We want to set up camp. And if we're on this camp, over here, this camp goes, oh, we don't do anything <laughs> that might discourage another, challenge another, disappoint another, okay? But is that because that camp thinks that knowledge, the letter of the law, is greater than the spirit of the law? Remember, there is a spirit of the law now. We live according to the spirit of the law. We worship God in spirit and in truth and then there's other side of the camp that goes we do everything we can do anything and it's not humble it takes the price that christ paid for our liberty squanders it it says everything is permissible for me but paul says yeah but not everything's beneficial Think of the whole. Bring the two things together. So here's the thing. Remember. So probably what happened in real life, we don't know. But maybe someone in Corinthians 
saw Apollos or Peter in the pagan meat market having lunch. And they had just come out of this place of bondage, serving, giving their life to a God that was no God at all. You guys, it is traumatizing. If you've ever, some people, some of you have been involved in darkness, the occult, demonic things. And in their brains, they're thinking, stay out of there. Don't go in there. It's terrible in there. What are you doing in there? So here's the deal. Those with the weak conscience, they actually, they have an overactive conscience. They have an overactive and vigilant limbic brain. Remember, we've talked about this. Our limbic brain is where our fight, flight, freeze, living happens. Our renewed self happens in the high places of our brain. The reasoning, we have to reason. But this takes time. To have a whole gospel will take time. That's why we have to walk with the weak, disciple, teach. So the weak, those with the weak conscious, they have an overactive, overvigilant, fight, flight, freeze brain. They've been hurt. They've been traumatized. And they need to strengthen their love of God and the liberty he brings. And that will weaken their fear. Come on. They need to rise up. They need to come higher. First John 4:18 says, there is no fear in love. Perfect love casts out fear. But for someone who is weak conscious, new, or they've been so traumatized, they are stuck in fear. We have to be aware. Recover. We have to be aware. Then submit that weakness that our liberty could cause them to stumble. Now that doesn't release them from needing to strengthen their love of God and the liberty he brings. That's going to take time, but they're not off the hook. So they need to come higher. And those with a strong conscience, myself, it's been years walking with the Lord, getting free, more freedom, more freedom. And here's what I found. More freedom actually makes me more of a bond servant to Christ. I'm more His than ever before. So those with a strong conscience, they need to make sure their love for God doesn't trample on the weak. It lifts the weak up. Come on. Don't be puffed up. Build up. Paul says later, Therefore, if food makes my brother stumble, I will never eat meat, lest I make my... You see? He's considering others better than himself. Philippians 2, verse 3, this is what he says, From prison, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility 
Count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interest of others. Have this mind among yourself, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. Come on. Knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. Love goes down and says, step on my back. Let me take you higher. <laughs> you know what love does? Considers others above ego. Others above ego. Now, here's what I know. There's still some issues on the table where people would say, well, what about this? What about, do, what about Christians who do this? What about Christians who do this? Right, because here's what I want you to keep account. If it's been created by God, it's good. Your body, breath, how you use your body, it is good and to be received with thanksgiving and not rejected. So it was more, it wasn't about meat. It was about the location of where these strong Christians were going. And this is the weird thing, because then people go, well, should I never go into a bar? You guys, the other night, my daughter works at a restaurant that has a bar in it. And because I went, she wanted me to come by and see her work. It's her first real job. I'm so proud of her. And so instead of getting a table, I just sat at the bar, ordered my meal, and I watched her. I was so proud. But meanwhile, it's a bar. I prayed the blood of Jesus over me that nobody would come and have motives that I didn't want to have to deal with that night. And by God's grace, I, within moments, I was kind of barricaded by a bunch of women, and they were having a good time. And they were having, having a few drinks, and I'm eating my food, and we had the best conversation. Man, I mean, I spread the love of Christ all over them, speaking life, and it wasn't gratuitous. It like was legit. I was hearing from the Lord for these beautiful women. Two of the women were older than me, three of them just getting out of college. Come on. It was the most like rejuvenating moment of ministry I've had in a long time. And some people would say, oh, you can't go into the bar and do that. What are you doing in a bar? First of all, I wasn't going into worship. And here's the other thing, I wasn't dragging my weaker brother in there with me. Legitimately, my brother is an alcoholic, recovering. I wouldn't take him into a bar. Now, I might sit at the bar. I'm not going to drink. <laughs> I'm going to be conscious of him. But y'all, religious people, hands up. Get up. Get off of it. Relax. Soften. Relax your overactive, vigilant, limbic brain that you are <laughs> that you are the keeper of the knowledge of God. Love builds up. Love 
assume the best. Believe the best in one another. Listen, if the best isn't happening, it's gonna fall apart for them. And when it does, be there for them. So Paul is saying, consider others before yourself at all times. But he's also not saying, don't do ministry. Because <laughs> he started with preach the gospel in and out of season, preach it wherever you got to go. So church, everyone, calm down. <laughs> Just calm down. Because I've had people come to me with this scripture, 1 Corinthians 8, about what about this and how do we do this? What about the clothes I wear? What about like, oh my gosh, I cannot be the police of people's faith. I'm just going to be faithful to God, going where he tells me to go. So maybe in this situation, maybe someone was just going there to get some meat on sale. <laughs> and maybe one of the weaker disciples saw him and it triggered them. First, we have to empathize that they've been triggered. But second, we have to take it before the Lord and go, God, am I not supposed to go there? What if I'm going there to do ministry? I would bet this disciple was just going to get a deal. <laughs> going to get some meat and save some money. Probably this is one of those things is come out, separate yourself, be set apart. But if you're going to go in there, do some ministry, you get on in there. Because there are no other gods. We cannot live in our small, we cannot lower our theology to protect our pain. We must heal. There are no gods but one. No gods but one. But not all possess this knowledge. Their conscience is weak. For if someone sees you, doing something you shouldn't do and you know you shouldn't be doing not only will he'll not be in, he won't be encouraged but you will feel guilty but here's the good news everyone calm down repentance up calm down repentance up thank you God for this message thank you that you are setting us free, free from the barricades of our pain and keeping us free from a freedom where we might destroy our freedom and trample on other people's backs. Do what only you can do, God. Take this word, make it yours, not mine. Build your church in Jesus' name, amen.